Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, welcome to the special edition of the Cast Oddsided Dice podcast. It's been said once or twice, mainly on another podcast, that we're in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just so many good games out there, and this podcast will follow the ongoing saga of three 30-something tabletop gamers as they delve into a myriad of games available to the day and, and what we can spend our hobby time and hobby dollars on. First, let, in, let me introduce myself. My name is Ian. You might know me from the 2D20 Wargamers Facebook group. Uh, and alongside me today is my usual uh, co-pilot. He's the Dominic Santini to my string fellow hawk, Mr. Kieran Burns. How are you doing, mate? Oh, mate, Airwolf reference. Come on, get in. <laughs> get in. I thought you might let that one. Yeah, I, I, did, I didn't get the first name, but as soon as you said uh, Santini for the next one, I, I pinged it, mate. I had it. I had it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair play, mate. How, how's you doing? You're right. Uh, it's not been too bad. Not been too bad. Nice. As I mentioned off off uh, off mic before, I've had a nice day at work being toy soldiers. <laughs> mate, the joys like, of working from home, mate. The joys yes. of working from home. But, but I've, I've, I've got. Uh, come on. No, I was going to say, just in case any of my management team are listening, I have already, I'm up to date with all my work. And, um, you know, I didn't impinge on anything, <laughs> any of me, any well, of my duties. Yeah. <laughs> well done for putting that caveat in there, son. But yeah, yeah. I've, I've got to call the point of order, though. I've got to call the What's point that? of order because why have you changed the intro? Well, this is it. It's, 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 you might have noticed I said 340 something gamers there, Kieran. Yes, so I, folks, I, I, I know we've been doing this, um, you know, this odd-sided friends, but you know, I didn't talk about changing the intro for anything. Oh, well, yes, folks, you've heard right. Tonight, there's three of us. Now, our third co-host, uh, you could say, is is there uh, was a thing or two about hobby podcasts. He's as he's been involved with more than I've had hot dinners. You'll recognise his dulcet Bostonian tones from podcasts like the old LRDG Two podcast. And more recently, his new Star Wars Legion podcast, Beyond the First Marker. He's also the host of the official Warlord, uh, Warlord Games podcast, and of course, the host of the awesome Cast Dice podcast. Over the years, there's not many games he hasn't talked about, and boy, can he talk, and that's coming from me. His knowledge of the hobby is second to none. He's the man with Rick Priestley on speed dial. He's the Cobra Commander to my Baron Ironblood, all the way from Melbourne, Australia, the man, the myth, the legend. It's only old man Morin. Brad, how are you doing, mate? Man, I, I I have been, I had to put myself on mute, which is the first time <laughs> in I can't tell you how many years of podcasting because I just cacked myself laughing the entire <laughs> intro. I am fantastic. How are you guys doing? It's great to be oh, on, man. No, it's great. It's all to be on. It's, uh, as I'm saying, it's, 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 it's where, where, where it's a mashup the day, isn't it? So, uh, as it I'm is. saying, it's the, it's the the cast oddside dice podcast, which that was probably the hardest thing for me to say throughout the whole all of the intro there. <laughs> and you landed it the first time, man! Brilliant, brilliant. Well, now I know how awkward all my guests feel when I do the big intros. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly what we were going for, mate. We can't, we couldn't so like do this and then not make you blush and make you squirm as much as you normally make your guests do. You know what I mean? So insert. Who me gif here? Yeah, that's <laughs> me. I would never do that. Oh, guys, it is awesome to be on with you guys. Now, you have both been guests on Cast Dice in the past. Um, and it is, in fact, Kieran, it was Cast Dice, right? It wasn't LRDG2? No, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was um, 
Uh, no, it wasn't. It would have been LRDJ. Oh, yeah, it wouldn't man. have been cast. I don't think it was cast dice, mate. In that case, it's been over two years. Um, it had, yeah, it is a pleasure to be on with both of you. You are both hobby legends, and man, Kieran, I am loving the new YouTube series that you guys are putting together. Um, you're, it's all about the bash and talking about how to kit bash models. The you made your squat leader. Um, I've watched it three times now, and uh, I really enjoy it. Oh, so, so you're responsible for 11% of the views, and thanks very much, mate. Cheers. Man, if I it's one... I've only watched... Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Ian. That's it. I think I've only watched it one and a half times, and that was because I was told. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I watched it, no, like... It's very the... good, mate. It's very good. I watched the beginning and end twice, and then some in bits in the middle a couple times, because I was trying to check the levels for you. And then when I, you know, I was like, cool, I'm going to actually sit down and watch it now that I'm on vacation. And I watched it beginning to end. It was great. Um, no, that's good. Yeah, man. But... Oh, it's it's fantastic to to have you guys on. Yeah, man, starting up a YouTube channel is scary. Um, having just done that myself recently, um, for the first six months, no one watched anything, and it was it was kind of depressing. You look at your analytics, and it's like people watch for the first minute and a half, and then they don't. And you're like, God damn it! <laughs> I put all that work in. No one's watching. But um, I think like with podcasting, and social media in general. It, once you get started, once you get that boulder rolling, um, all of a sudden, because of COVID shutdowns, I haven't been making videos, but all of a sudden, my my subscribers on YouTube have gone through the roof, and it's going, but I'm not doing anything new. Um, but they're watching all the videos that no one was watching before. It's just they found them. So it's one of those things, man. If you build it, they will come, just like that baseball field in the middle of Iowa. <laughs> Yeah, mate. I'm. I mean, I'm sort of used to it because um, you and me being teachers as well, especially with uh, you know what's been going on the mm -hmm. last eight or something weeks. We've been using a lot of um, online uh, media to do um, classroom and learning mm -hmm. stuff, and you put some like videos on there for your students to watch and stuff like that. And they don't realise that you can actually check up to see if they've actually watched it or not, and you just go on yep. it and just see that's so, like you know. Oh, yeah, everyone's clicked on it, watched two seconds of it, and then switched it back off again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, all right, fair enough then. I started yeah, to so do, to yeah, I started to sneak in, because I did my analytics search about a week in, and I was the only teacher at my school that did, and we were having a conversation in an online staff meeting about how many people were watching, uh, you know, about the, the student buy-in, and I started talking about my analytics, and everyone else in the room was like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah, if you look at, you click on this, 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 you see exactly how many people have watched for exactly how long, blah, blah, blah. And I discovered that 60% of my class were watching, 40% weren't. And so I started to sneak Easter eggs in. Uh, where in the middle of the video, I'd be like, and for today's bonus, you need to go to here. Or, you know, in order to be successful, you need to add this to the assignment today. And it became painfully obvious within five minutes who was watching and who wasn't. And then it was everyone else twigged into, oh, God, the old man's watching. And then from then on, I had, <laughs> you know, 98% buy-in. So that one kid, though, man, oof. Anyway. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's sneaky and underhanded. Who, me? Sneaky. I, yeah, 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 come on. Sneaky? <laughs> anyway, we are not here to talk about how to trap uh, students with uh, social media videos uh we are here to talk about other stuff though uh ian where are we starting because i think we have quite the uh rigmarole of uh sorry rigmarole the roller coaster ride of topics today uh and let's get the slalom going and see where it ends up 
Well, I thought, I mean, I thought we'd name the, uh, the, the main topic we're going to talk about, uh, crossing the streams. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, uh, and again, one of the reasons we, 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 we've all been talking about this, for the, the three of us, is that we're all of a similar age. We're all, you know, obviously we had the Airwolf reference. We also had the, mm-hmm. the, the G.I. Joe stroke Action Force reference early mm-hmm. on in the intros there. And, I mean, one thing we've all been interested in over the last and again especially over the last couple of years there's been a big influx of let's call them crossover games games that are sort of like pop culture classics that have finally you know i mean it's stuff that you know we've probably all been wanting to do or doing like homebrew versions of ourselves but all of a sudden we've got a star wars game we've got a marvel game there's, you know, Batman, there's Hellboy, there's Judge Dredd, the Strontium Dog, the Walking Dead. You know, I mean, there's, 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 there's all these games are now ready off the peg tabletop mm-hmm. games. Um, Transformers, uh, yeah, continue Thundercats. I mean, you name it, man, they're there, right? Well, that's it. I mean, there's, I mean, there's two parts of this. I was going to say, I'll look at, we'll look at the, 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 the established stuff, the stuff that's, you know, the licensed stuff, mm-hmm. and then. The stuff, obviously, we can talk about like, the second part of it is like um, the stuff we can all do with like Seven TV and adapting mm-hmm. other rules as well. I mean, obviously, I know Crooked Dice are bringing out those very uh, Thundercats looking figures. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, and but it's yeah, it's it's all those kind of. I mean, Crooked Dice. I'm going off on me. This tangent number one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's concentrate on this stuff. But no, I'm going to talk about Crooked Dice first. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> That's that's the joy of crooked dice. They do all these figures. It's like um, you know, uh, I've just picked up this the the was it the editor in chief, the mm-hmm. Stanley figure. But it's like you know, it's almost like the wording of the figures is 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 a joy in itself. You know, what I mean, they kind of go, ah, oh, it's clever what you've done there. So, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I think well, we'll 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 bring it back because as I'm saying, I think the two main ones. I know that probably me and you've talked about most, Brad. And again, I think two games that you you've you're starting to think about dabbling into Legion, aren't you, Kieran? I, I, I've sort of so it's the let me say, so circling the pan on it. To be quite honest, I don't know whether to go down that rabbit hole or not. Quite yeah. at the moment, yeah. You know, but obviously, but and 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 Brad, the 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 rabbit holes fully sucked you up and spat you out <laughs> your side, hasn't it? My wallet <laughs> does not agree. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a funny one for me. I mean. Star Wars, you, you, I mean, you, Kieran, can you remember what ten years ago when there was a big census in England and there was this whole thing about putting your putting your um, religion down as as a Jedi, and then mm-hmm. after there were so many people, Mate, I'll stop you there. Yeah. I am one. <laughs> well, yeah, according well, to census records, I am one. Well, so am I, but I was one of those people who kind of went, "Oh, I'm going to take this actually quite seriously." But <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I was, I was just saying, Star Wars to me is. You know, it's it's is one of the like lifelong sort of like yeah. major things in my life. I've just been, and again, I'm probably not, you know, talking to any different to, like the the two of you, but it's like yeah. I'm obsessive when it comes to Star Wars. Yeah, um, and it, it's just the 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 thing I'm finding that it's like I love all Legion stuff. I've got quite a bit. But I just don't know. I'm struggling paying this because I just don't know. I'm kind of like scared I'm going to spoil it because it's like, oh, I want it to look good. Yeah. But I also don't want to do it like it looks like on the box. And uh, mm-hmm. so, and again, Brad, like I was saying, like your, like your Minbin stuff, um, that's kind of, well, 
in a kind of roundabout way, I didn't nick your idea. Well, no, I did. I did nick your idea for your, is it your, the, your Marines? Yes. The, the Galactic, the Galactic Marines. Marines. Mm-hmm. And, but it was, I've used a similar color scheme, but it's for, there was in the nineties, there was a graphic novel called Crimson Empire. That's it. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure I've spoken to you both about that, but it was, again, it's focusing on the um, Emperor's God. So I've started using, like, everyone's, rather than painting all white, I didn't want to paint white stormtroopers for the other side of the thing as well. Yeah. But everyone's going to, it's going to be the red, red armored stuff. So I've used nice. a lot of the snow troopers all done up in red. Um, I've just finally, like, stormtroopers have been impossible to get in England. They were, like, obviously mm-hmm. the original, the original box, and they used to be, like, 10 a penny, and you could pick them up for, like, 20 pounds. Right. And all, right. The, all of a sudden, there were just, like, one box available for 40 pounds. I'm like, what? No chance. Yeah, <laughs> so I managed exactly. to get a box there. Well, but, there's, um, there's a lot. Hold on. Because there's, um, there have been uh, actual Galactic Marine models that have come out, um, files for 3d printing um through a new company that i haven't printed anything from but i've seen some of the models for that if you have a couple of boxes of the actual snow so you have all the cards um if you have the 3d print file you can print uh all the galactic marines you need uh and i'm sure ffg doesn't want me to say this but um they look really good and to be oh. able to add that whole new, um, that whole new uh, set of poses because they are new poses, and the legs are slightly different, and the shoulder pads are slightly different, but may they blend together brilliantly. Uh, and oh, to just have that variety uh, really makes a big difference. I think what I'm going, I'm going to go. I'm I'm still going to have some stormtroopers. And again, that's because again, I've got the, I've dug out the the the, the graphic novel out of the loft, mm-hmm. and the stormtroopers in. It, I'm sure the stormtroopers are pretty much just white in it. Yeah. Um. And there's a couple of the main characters of, like, I think it, I can't remember the story now, but I'm sure it's like it, it involves part of their training to become like imperial guards. Um, and like one wears yellow and one wears blue. They're the only stormtroopers who wear slightly different, but it's just obviously so you can know which one's which without mm-hmm. them. Uh, but I thought, oh, I'll go down this line. I thought, no, I won't. So I'm still going to have stormtroopers, but I'm I'm kind of not 100% sure if I'm going to go for like a whole red or like red with the bits of, because like the main bad guy, because it's set, I think it's set after the fall of the Battle of Endor. I believe so. so like, yeah. The, yeah, and it's like when all the. Like, you know, the Empire's sort of, like, infighting about a new replacement, and there's the guy, and again, I can't remember his name. Um, <laughs> you know what? The, I know the graphic novel's in the room next door. I should just room go through and get it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, yeah, he's he, he, essentially he was wearing, but he's, like, the head of the Imperial Guards, but he's wearing, like, a, like kind of reverse. He's almost, like, I suppose it's almost a bit, like, a Vader-esque. He's yeah. wearing a black suit with, like, a red highlight. So I thought to myself, oh, I could do him. That's um, cool. All right, now, well, yeah. if you're gonna you're gonna go '80s style and you're gonna be painting uh, red stormtroopers at all, I know you're talking about white, but if you end up with red ones, you're gonna have to paint one with uh, a boombox with the Adidas uh, highlights uh, on it. If you know that uh, that meme I'm talking yeah. about, yeah, yeah, I know the one exactly. I know exactly the one you mean. Yeah, but the other thing is as well, we're going with red. What I'm dead with it because I've, I've I've painted up a set of stormtroopers, uh, uh, snow troopers, you can say. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, well, I've, I've done the Imperial Guard, and obviously they're wearing the robes, and yeah. um, I've used like a sort of more 
crimson red for the armor than nice. like sort of more of an orangey red for the robes. Mm-hmm. But then I varnished the the armor with a gloss varnish, and it come out really really nice. That's cool. But then I think when I've done it on, there's more armor on the snowtroopers, and it's kind of maybe gonna, uh, I don't know. It's and it's kind of one of those ones I try to take a photograph to show someone, and it doesn't, it, it doesn't yeah. show up shiny. Gloss so never photographs well. Uh, yeah, so it's the downside yeah, of being actually shiny. Yeah, <laughs> but getting away from the figures, I've still yet to play the game. I mean, I know you and well I mean, i'm sure you and more than just drew but you and drew are like obviously hugely into it yeah um i've read through i think the problem with me is was when i got it a couple of mates got it before like maybe a couple of months when it first came out mm-hmm. and i got it so like two or three months and then they've kind of played through it and and they've put it down and never really gone back to it i'm going hey, ah, come on let's play star wars legion and they like, was oh yeah yeah we'll get around to it um so yeah, I'm still desperate. So I've read through the rules and everything. And it looks like a good, really good set of rules. It's a solid set uh, of rules. It plays well. Yeah. yeah. One of the big I things mean, when the game first came out, um, it was very because there was only two factions, and the two yeah. factions that were out um, were very limited about what was actually out. You had stormtroopers, you had rebel troopers, you had Luke, you had Vader, you had ATSTs. Sorry, not yeah. Well, ATSTs, ATRTs. Um, you had the land speeder and you had um, speeder bikes, speeder bikes. Yeah. And so yeah. And that was kind of it. And then they slowly drip things out like fleet troopers and the snow troopers. But things didn't visually line up. So there was forever you could get snow troopers and then nothing else for Hoth. And then they added the E-Web Blaster, the, the weapons platform. And that yeah. was also snow troopers. But they never came out with an E-Web crew for regular stormtroopers. And so... For a long time, um, if you were more visually narrative focused, which is exactly what you're talking about uh, mm-hmm. and what the focus of Beyond the First Marker is, if you really wanted to dig in, you had to do some heavy duty converting. Um, thankfully, pretty early on in the piece, people started making, uh, because the Rebel Troopers, there was only what, seven of them? Uh, or six yeah. models. So if you wanted, you know, variety in your force, you had to do some some cutting and some reposing. And mm-hmm. while I did that with a lot of the arms, um, you know, thankfully there were some third party heads that I was able to cut and add on as well to add that variety to make your force actually not look like the same thing repeated a hundred times over. Um, but that so those were sort of the frustrations when the game first started and a lot of people picked it up super hype like oh yeah star wars because star wars is religion for a lot of people i know we're joking about it with the census but you know there's a reason kevin smith calls it the hell the holy trilogy um the original three and so a lot of people bought in because immediately star wars but haven't necessarily gone back. And unfortunately, since then, FFG, or well, I guess fortunately, FFG has had time to slowly roll out this, this massive game. And while the two newest factions, the droids and the uh, clone troopers, um, do still suffer a little bit from that early release syndrome of there being limited releases for them, um, even those have a lot of options now. Uh, and then when you start adding in all of the releases for, you know, the, the main two factions or the first two factions, I should say, the game has a ton of variety now. Uh, and then adding on top of that, all the th- third party vendors that have come to play. Um, I know people are probably going to roll their eyes if they're a regular listener beyond the first marker. <laughs> but um, Drew and I are massive fans of Skullforge. 
um, who yeah. make 3D print files uh, for you know everything under the sun. I think he's got what 200 designs now um, that are just models to add on. And so when I did my Mimbin Force, I used Skullforge heads. Um, now he is making full Mimbin stormtroopers, and I have a set of those that I'm going to add to my army. But when you have the you know the special stormtrooper heads, it's easy to snip off the heads, reposition the arms, and all of a sudden I have an army of completely original looking stormtroopers, especially after I add the the capes, which I got from Victoria Miniatures. So um but yeah, there's just so much variety now um that you can add to a force that really allows you to dig in to what you're talking about, which is, you know, here's a force. I read it in a graphic novel. It, you know, it connected with me, it stayed with me, you know, as I moved on with the world. Um, but I really want to represent it on the tabletop. I mean, the Mimbin Stormtrooper army appeared on film, what, six minutes? Yeah. Um, in, in Solo, hardly the most popular Star Wars movie. And yet mm -hmm. I watched that and went, yes, I want that on the tabletop. That looks like galactic conflict for me. And so um, now there's the opportunity to get in there and to... Um, a, to have the rules for these things, um, but also B, to have the visuals that match the narrative that you want to portray in your head, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, obviously, Star Wars, Star Wars reaches out to so many people. I mean, obviously, right. we're like, I mean, we're not really like, we're, we're almost the first generation of Star Wars fans. There's probably like a few people who probably argue that, you know, maybe people in the, in the 50s were like, who, you know, I mean, I mean, I was yeah. three and seven, 77. I didn't see Star Wars at the pitches. Yeah. Apparently, I went to see Apparently, I went to see Empire Strikes Back. But the only one I can ever remember seeing at the pitches was Return of the Jedi. But we, you know, we were. I suppose we were the ones who it probably made the most impact on originally because we were that age where you know we were playing Star Wars and the the. This is it, man. We were playing Star Wars with our Star Wars figures or with our friends. Yep. you know in the playground as kids and that's that imagination and it's never left me and again it's yeah. in part and parcel probably why i'm in the hobby i mean for other reasons as well but you know star wars is probably plays a massive part of it but yeah there's there's all those um me and kieran were talking earlier in the week um with straw who was on the last podcast and we've been talking about doing some uh star wars role play and again this mm -hmm. is where my sort of geekness came um i'll have to i'll have to send you a photograph of these mate it's just like um i went up in the loft and they are i think the 19 like these like sort of there's like the essential book of characters the essential books mm -hmm. of like weapons and technology you'll probably know the exactly ones oh, it's yeah. 19 it's 1995 that were printed so it's pre prequels mm -hmm. um and we were just joking about like how you know, obviously disney's rejigged all the universe yeah i mean it's just how lucas has rejigged all the universe as well because if you read the um mm -hmm. the 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 uh the blurb for boba fett yeah. no you know bob Boba Fett's not even his real name. Um, yeah. he, he was he was a he was a member of the man. Well, he, oh, what's his name? But like Mandalorians were an evil an evil uh, yeah. evil race now. Then you know, obviously that's you know Disney have changed on that now as well. So, but yeah, it's um, in it, it, it's, it's that sort of like. But going back to the nineties as well, uh, my my interest got peaked back. I mean, I've always loved Star Wars. It's yeah. never really went to it, but in that early nineties, and it was like. 
do you remember when like the again pre-sequels but it's like they started releasing a lot of the novels so it's like mm-hmm. heir to the empire and um, oh yeah because prince Sizor isn't creepy at all yeah yeah exactly and then um, obviously that's where grand admiral throne comes mm-hmm. in as well tales from um, the cantina tales of the bounty hunter those novels yeah i mean that whole canon was sensational Zizor aside um yeah just so many great stories i mean, the first time you see thrawn so many i mean awesome characters and some of those have been embraced like you see thrawn in uh star wars rebels uh yeah. which is you know he's been pulled into the actual dc sorry not dc mcu sorry mc geez Lise, yeah. um <laughs> disney universe yeah um but yeah i mean it's there's so many great stories that you can pull from to to put on the tabletop. Uh, and one of the great things, oh, I guess one of the other frustrating things with Legion um, was that there was only certain ways to play. Um, the missions were mm-hmm. very, I mean, it's got a great mission uh, sort of bidding system that allows for you and your opponent to sort of determine the way that you're going to play right before you play. So you can't cater a list necessarily, um, yeah. which, you know, is great for tournament play. But then if you're trying to create and forge your own narrative, um, sometimes that system didn't necessarily work. Um, But recently they've come out with Vital Assets, which was the first... I mean, they've done a few additional cards for missions um, in some of the expansion packs, but that added... God, somebody told me 118 new variations to the way you can play the game, um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is amazing it really mixes up the the way that you're playing i mean we've all played bolt action um here and i know you've felt and suffered from this as well um that you know with the original bolt action game there were six missions how many times did you play those six missions and you know second edition those there's a limited number of missions there and you you get to a point where that you just need to play something else um, you love the game, you love the armies, you want to play more, but you just want a different way to play. And Legions now provided that, which is pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, that I, was, I think that that was the one thing with, um, you know, make, making that comparison to like the original bolt action as well. There was the problem was that although there was a set 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 of missions, there was always a couple that you didn't play. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So you so you so you're even limited even further. Yeah. Now one one of the things that uh, you know we often say between you know me and Ian and you know conversations that we do have with other groups of uh, players that we know is that a lot of the time, so like you know your Australian um, meta for games and your Australian community, quite often is a big. Um, component of change and adding new things in and changing up the way you play and you really take um ownership of the game to be able to make it as as uh, as good as it can be i mean because i remember listening to um one of your uh beyond the first marco podcast when you were talking about the guys who had taken uh the skirmish rules yes that had just come out for legion mm-hmm. but have also added in you know, you could change up the way you could actually uh, put the components of an army together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And oh, it, yeah. it, it just so like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, especially in the, in the UK. There seems to be a very big 
uh, barrier to try and break through when you, you are trying to put new ideas across and you are trying to for, for the you are trying to improve the game not only for yourself but trying to improve it for other people as well and it just seems sometimes you're just banging your head against a brick wall for some reason where some people will obviously be accepting the change and sort of try it out and give you feedback whether it's good or bad or whatever but it's, it seems that it's more outweighted in the UK that it's people don't want to change and it's no that's the way it's written that's the way i'm going to play it, and then leave it after a while and I, I don't know what it is about the crossover between you know different communities yeah no i hear you yeah. um we did push the envelope for a while i think um i'm not sure the bolt action community in australia is uh, actually, I, I wouldn't. I haven't been part of it in a while, so I can't really comment about how it's pushing the envelope these days. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, for a while we were definitely doing that. But <clears throat> behind the scenes, I was to be to be fair, and I know a few people listening will know this. So I need to be in complete honesty. I was usually the guy in the background going, "Are you sure we need that change?" Um, mm -hmm. Because. On one hand, uh, I think it was more devil's adv advocacy in my case because, you know, it is good to mix things up and to add that variety to the game. Um, because I did write the six missions for the, or you wrote five or six? I wrote most of the missions for the um, boltaction.net uh, bolt action mission pack way back when. But with that, um, it was, again, just to provide people with other ways to play the game without changing the rules. And for me, it was like, once you start changing things, where do you stop? Um, how do you keep it balanced? Uh, but, you know, some rules in bolt action needed changing. And thankfully, a lot of those rules were put in second edition. So, um, again, though, I think it's it's finding that that balance of innovating without, you know, going bonkers which is kind of what we've tried to do with beyond the first marker as well give people different ways to play but thankfully ffg has been uh doing their own thing uh and are sort of of the same mind and so we're seeing that in the star wars world as well uh, i'm just hoping that they give us you know maybe a uh, a um scum faction at some point where they can take existing models uh, like clan ren that's coming out the mandalorian box and then maybe Boba Fett and Bosk and some of the other characters that already exist in the game, and then give you a new way to play those. Um, oh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm really looking yeah. for. I mean, again, I mean, it, I mean, they've they've had it in X Wing. There was the third faction, yeah, and absolutely. Then, I mean, the, you, you could argue that you obviously you got the two new factions with the clone, the Clone Wars box, mm -hmm. but then then the, the, you know, you know the yeah 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 um your hardline players going well. I'm not going to fight a um. A, a, a droid army against the rebel army you know it's yeah. that sort of you know i mean it's it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't happen but uh yeah i mean the the this uh, of the the new crop of of the new films and again i think probably everyone will say this but rogue one for me has been uh, that's kind of like you know it, it was like it was an old-fashioned star wars it, yes you know rather than you know the new fancy stormtroopers it was also but it looked it looked the biz. It looked yeah. like the real thing, and that's really got me thinking. I'm thinking to myself, oh, I want Genesso, and um, there's the you know, there's the Cassian Andor figures. Yep. Is he, he's out now, isn't he? he yeah, is now K two S O. Yeah, and if and you want the, the rest of those guys, um, you can get the rest of the 
the the party, so to speak, the adventuring party from Skullforge. So yeah, he's he oh, exists. But, like, but as I'm saying, thinking about but thinking like the scum faction, and again, it would be like kind of a crossover because technically, um, Saul, um, oh, what's his name? Um, Saul Guerrero. Lawrence, Saul Guerrero. Yeah, he's technically a rebel, isn't he? But you could kind of almost say, and he's like he's he's virgin mm-hmm. on the scum side. But like you know, we were saying about like the the original rebel soldier box there was one alien head um yeah there's there's hard there's hardly any there's hardly any you know <laughs> they're all aliens in in uh Saul Guerrero's like sort of war exactly. band on the part i mean there's mm-hmm. yeah there's like the dude with the like speeder bike the scout uh scout troopers helmet on and stuff like that so, like, who i have like, in look. my army because of oh, that no. i literally got a 3d printed skull helmet and uh sorry scout helmet and added him to my rebels yeah but there's like and again there's the stuff um like the, I mean, you've got the Skullforge uh, Inferno squad, haven't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I have, um, I, yeah, I have two squads of Skullforge Inferno squad, and then I bought the actual uh, official release Eden Verso to go with them. Um, and yeah, that's that's on the hobby table because man, how cool is that that they have come out with that as a character? I think you know yeah. having. Like they're really digging into all the different aspects because Inferno Squad, besides being in one novel, um, was just in the EA game. And to be able yeah. to mine that gives just opens the possibilities for so many other cool characters. Yeah, I mean that's it. I mean, I was humming and hot. I mean, again, this is going back when I was thinking about, you know, I was thinking about converting them, I was thinking getting um Scout troopers cutting the heads off and putting stormtrooper helmets on, mm-hmm. or like a, the helmet almost more like a Tie Fighter pilot's helmet, isn't it? Than a, than oh, a yeah. stormtrooper pilot. You can get yeah, those three so. D printed. Yeah, but now you can get the whole thing. So <laughs> after I'm That's gonna have true. to start. Oh, I, I'm never quite sure how three D printing works. I'm gonna have to delve into it. I mean, I've obviously doubled. I've been dabbling with um, Hero Forge, so I know School yeah. Forge can't be. You know, it's just a matter of downloading files. So. Downloading the anyway, files and or finding someone to print it. But um, yeah. let's, uh, shall well, we? Shall well, we... Go, well yeah, go, go going, off to ta- going off to tangent number two. Yes. Yeah. As soon as Ian's done one, I'm going to do one. Yes. I'm actually going to pull the figure on the 3G printer, I think. Nice. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking I'm actually going to do it. You know, because that, um, is he, Elegoo, the one who do the resin one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about it last, uh, last episode, I think, Ian, that they just brought out their slightly larger model the saturn yes so that's that's uh, i've actually seen it now the price of the one before it the elegoo mars has started dropping quite considerably so i'm thinking okay you know i'm gonna um sit on my hands for for a couple of months you know not not buy anything bits and pieces and all the rest of it and not uh, you know waste my money on stuff and i think i'm actually going to save up for one and uh Let's see what happens. Let's see if the uh, the smell is as bad as everyone thinks it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, right. I think I think I'm going to do the same because again, I, I mean, I've got um, Chris from uh, Christopher from uh, Bows and Blades did some of the, that the hero hero forge stuff for us, but just to be to be able to just have it there and do it myself. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, I think. It will be. It'll be one of those things. Has we not bought a hot tub? Yeah, <laughs> it's currently sitting in the back garden, but um. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Steph, Steph's still furloughed at the minute, so we've got to, I suppose I'm tightening my belt a little bit for another couple of months or so. Yeah. So, um, But she's all she's all up for it, actually, because she, she thinks she, she she thinks that there's some way I can make money out of this hobby. I keep telling her there isn't. Is it, and I, I don't <laughs> tell her how much. 
I'll never tell her how much money we're losing. It's all me. But she thinks that she's convinced that there's some way and buying a 3D printer will will be the the key to our fortune. So I'm just going to let hold on to that and run and run with it. (laughs) Well, the number of people that I mean, for the amount that I've paid to have other people print 3D print models for as cheap as they are, um, I could probably go out and buy. Uh, a 3D printer. I'm not exaggerating that a lot uh, at all. I'm kind no, of drowning no. yeah. in models that are 3D printed. Um, but yeah, it is. And as the technology improves, um, as more people are becoming au fait with the, the, the capability of making quality prints, um, you know, STL files that people can then print, um, just the, the amount of variety and the choice to get things online to get you know models that you never thought would be available uh is fantastic so yeah uh, yeah i gotta i'm gonna i think i'll be in after you guys probably after my wife's not working from home because i'm pretty sure she's not gonna want to smell that if it's running so yeah 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 i mean i don't yeah i mean because i've just seen that there's uh, i can't remember what the what the game is but there's actually one that's now come out on um kickstarter that yes. someone told me about that's now they're not selling models with it what they're what they're yeah. doing is just it's you selling you the stl files and say well you print the stuff yeah if it's the game if it's the game i'm thinking of i think they did it they had it on um beast of war uh, six months or so ago mm-hmm. and they were talking about the kickstarter and i think you've got the option of um you can have the stl file or you can print or you can get them to print it for you so obviously it's a different different level sort of thing yeah. but then obviously if you've got the sdl files they're sort of saying well you can then print as many as and you want own. sort of thing yeah. so well yeah. i think it also yeah. comes down to um i know a lot of companies are struggling with production uh at the moment and struggling with distribution i mean understandably during the global pandemic that's not me being critical it's just the state of being everything slowed down um from the biggest companies ffg gw I mean, Warhammer 40,000, the newest edition, is, uh, was apparently um, held back considerably because of, you know, just trying to get supply around the world to be able to release the damn thing down to, you know, Footsore North America, who um, have pulp models that are fantastic for my G.I. Joe project that, you know, we're sitting, the masters were sitting in customs for two months waiting to get mm-hmm. just back to the U.S. so they could be cast. And so, I mean, everything's slowing down except... For STL files, um, digital, yeah. digital, because you can send it. It doesn't have to wait. There's no risk of COVID infection. Um, there's no customs. It just gets sent from instantly. So, uh, you know, 3D printing is, I think, is going to be um, only uh, strengthened during this time, especially given that some people have been, as you say, furloughed, and it gives them something to do um, while yeah. they're waiting. So, yeah, there you go. Um, were we going to talk Marvel? Because uh, I've, I'm, I'm staring at my uh, Captain America model, and he's looking sad. Steve wants to talk Marvel. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, again, something you've not really touched on at all, Kieran, have you? The, the Marvel stuff. Um, again, I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> almost of the same mind as I am with with. With Star Wars, it's almost like too, like too much like sacred ground, which is like kind of like holding me up a bit. But the other thing I think, and I've said this before, is the price point on the Marvel stuff oh, is just brutal. I'm finding it a little bit. Yeah, brutal. I mean, 
And again, I think, I think, and I don't, I, I, I don't know if it's the same in Australia, but I think we suffer a little bit with you know costs over in England compared to the states and in release dates as well. I think I think you've been getting stuff released in Australia before we have. Um, not implying that you're a backwards backwards country and we should be getting stuff before you. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Are you sure you're not implying that? Because that's what I heard no. that is. No. Yeah, um, no, no. Yeah, no, for once we're getting things early. We're actually getting things before the U.S. for Marvel. Um, I think because we're closer to China. Ha, take that. Um, yeah, maybe, yeah. And so I think we're getting things. So for Marvel, we're getting things well before everyone else, which is a pleasant change. Uh, but yeah, our prices are the worst uh, for everything. Um, yeah, it's just it's like that James Franco meme where the noose is around his, his neck and he says, your first time. And it's um, yeah. every single time that we see prices for everything. It's called, you know, it's, we, we call it the GW or the Australian markup or the GW markup, even though yeah. it's another company. Um, just shipping things to Australia makes the price unbelievable. Um, you can get things. GW things are often twice as expensive um, here yeah. as they are. Uh, and it often just makes sense to. Order things from the UK, which does not help local businesses. So it's it's that that fine balance of you know how do I support my local game store and at the same time get into these things. And Marvel, the price point's brutal, but I mean, um, but that's largely not because the company's trying to be money grubbing. It's the license is yeah. Is well, brutal. I mean, I suppose, yeah, that's 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 always going to be. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it's. I'm right in thinking it's it's actually the comic license they've got, not the, the, the yeah. But obviously the comics now have morphed. You know they look a lot like the yes. the you know Captain America looks like Chris Evans now, doesn't he? Sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, yeah. So I mean, I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I, the, I presume there's we're probably better off it being a, the comic book version. Than than uh, financially than yes. the, than the the movie version, but yeah, it's like I, I got the start box. I got a good deal on the start box. Um, I think some of the figures in the start the box was probably not the best. That of I mean, it's again, right. it's 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 the same. It's the same argument with the Star Wars stuff. Really, it was the initial stuff was a bit underwhelming. Yeah. Um, but the price the point the... on both of those boxes are amazing compared to yeah. all the other releases after it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got ten characters for in Australia. Um, you can, I think you can get it in the cheapest at for like a hundred and ten now. Um, I think I got mine yeah. for a hundred and fifty when the game released. I think that's what it roughly retails at, maybe even more. But I mean, that's what ten fifteen bucks a model. Um, and given that they're, you know, big models. Um, yeah. Plus all that terrain, I think that the that box is great. But then when you're paying like sixty bucks for two guys, uh, after that you're like, uh, what? What? Ouch! Um, yeah, yeah. Guardians yeah, know, of the Galaxy know. is like two hundred and forty bucks to buy, and it's a total. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at you. You've been put, you've been putting them together these last couple of weeks, haven't you, Guardians yeah. figures? Mm-hmm. And I was looking at them, and I do, and because the thing is, you obviously you can buy Star Lord on his own, yeah. so it makes it cheaper. And it, it makes it more acceptable to buy because it is slightly cheaper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to buy them all. Um, so I think I'm going to be very, very selective. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm, yeah, being a, being a big Spidey fan, I'm going to think that obviously the, the Miles Morales and Spider Gwen's mm-hmm. coming out and then the Green Goblin. 
because um, I know you said you initially you weren't that bothered about the Spider Verse stuff. And then I saw um, the Green Goblin. Oh yeah. Oh, that Miles Morales jumping over like the the newspaper stand. I, I think that's. But again, the Spidey figure. I left it. Spider Man's like all time favorite superhero. Um, and and when I painted up the original box, I left him to last. And I've I've liked him, but it's just that pose. It looks like he should be on the side of a building, not on a girder that's just yeah. lying on the floor. Well, so, so many uh, people have converted that. Um, and yeah. looking at the way you've been converting your Marvel models, I mean, if I can talk about your Captain Marvel for a, for a sec, my God, um, you converted her to be the old black uh, Warbird, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carol Danvers proper. That's awesome. And just to well, see that, I mean, I I went for the more MCU. Uh, color scheme only because that's what the figure had, and it was a it was a lot of fun to paint. But man, uh, to see yours was like goddamn. Yeah, I wish I'm better with green I, stuff. Well, that was actually that it, it was one of the first sort of major green stuffs. I mean, you know, I've only really been back in the hobby for I'm probably like, actually I got a I got a Facebook remind like a, you know a Facebook memory, and it was um, the sort of like the first set i bought from gw when i got back in the hobby was a box of the um oh the what what used to be storm imperial god stormtroopers tempesters mm-hmm. and it, it was about it was about two or three weeks ago and it came up it was six years ago saying so, like i think I, it was like a bit of a you know a bit thick with the pain and you know <laughs> but like i hadn't i mean i had green stuff but i was like using it more for filling holes and stuff like that yeah. and a little bit um, and I thought to myself, oh, you know what? I'm going to go for this because if you look at the figure, she's wearing like a like a like a. a, a there's not that much green stuff on it because it, she's obviously wearing the, the suit. A lot of it's just been carving off detail. Mm-hmm. Um, the sash is already on her. Obviously, the hair's the only thing on, and the big lightning bolt. But yeah. so it's only the lightning bolt and the hair that's on it. The, the a mask's just painted on. Well, but, yeah, you actually, like the, you also added the knee high boots though. Yeah, so you had to. Well, no. The, no, no, the the boots, the boots. Oh no, no, you're right. You had to but put the tops of the boots on. I had to put the tops of the boots on, and I think I had to put the tops of the gauntlets on as well. But again, it was just yeah. literally a band of green stuff around, then smoothed it into blend into the rest. But um, yeah. yeah, but it was like one of those things, and it was like kind of right. This is the point. I've got like you know me me craft knife in one hand and figure and everything goes right. This is the point of no return now. It's not carving away at detail. Yeah. But yeah, that that came out really really well. Um, yeah, man. Then, just to just to have the ability to put Marvel models. You know, the, so many. I mean, I've been rereading West Coast Avengers recently. Um, I got another. Um, essential Iron Man graphic novel to, um, to to pull together a bunch of issues of Iron Man that I hadn't read that were right before the run that I did. And so it's like going back and rereading classic Iron Man. And then now I'm looking at my Iron Man going, I think I need to paint a stealth armor. And I think I need a... And then just to... I mean, to be able to go revisit those happy moments from my childhood, not that I'm reliving nostalgia. I don't say that on the show ever. Um, <laughs> is... It's just fantastic. It's just it's a lot of fun, and now I want to figure out a way to put the old school Hawkeye head on my Hawkeye, so I can actually make the West Coast Avengers. Um, hold on, uh, let's let's hear from Kieran. Kieran, you 
sorry, I think uh, Ian and I just love to talk. Um, <laughs> what do well, you think? Well, no, I didn't notice that, mate. I didn't notice that at all. Sorry. It took, took a surreal turn for the worse when you started talking about molding knee high boots on models, mate. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, let's 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 bring it back. Um, what do you think about, uh, I guess, Star Wars and Marvel as a whole? Just the idea that you're able to to mine these intellectual properties, like how how I mean, I know you haven't necessarily bought into either. Um, as someone who's on the fence, so to speak, or not interested, um, how how does what do you th- what are your thoughts about this phenomenon? I think um, both both of them are suffering a little bit at the moment because um, the Legion side, as you, you pointed out, with the release schedule that it, when it first came out and still the problem with being able to get hold yeah. of the official models unless you go to um, third-party manufacturers like the great stuff that Skullforge does, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. It, it's still it's going to struggle to build to be the game that everyone thought it was going to be when it was originally announced. Yeah. Now that, that's that's always going to fight against it because you know it's it's like Ian was saying as well. People are going to get some people are going to get into it early, have played it before. Other people get caught up, and then you're never going to be able to build an effective community around it. If you understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And while I think that community is really strong in the U.S., um, I think production issues have hurt the game in other countries uk in particular i know that there are a lot of people who are really keen for the game and have trouble getting it we seem to be getting it um not as much as the u.s but more than you guys and so yeah that will really cripple the community there and um with the other side the marvel side i'm going to come clean i have never been a marvel fan in my life that's all right when i when I was collecting comics, you know, walking around to uh, Forbidden Planet and the main store that we had in Birmingham, which is a, a great shop called Nostalgia and Comics, mm-hmm. I would go in there and I'd buy my copy of Elf Quest. Nice. And I would buy my copy of um, uh, Sandman or mm-hmm. one of the other Neil Game titles, and that that would be me. That was that was mine. I was the indie comic little shelf at the back. Mm-hmm. Fighting my way past the you know, the people who, who were picking up the um, Spider Man, Hulk, and and all the other characters, comics, etc. Yeah. So it's never re- it's never been one of those ones that's f- floated me both, so to speak. But I, c- I can understand, and I think a lot of these games, when you talk about games that are based on uh, film, comics, series of books, etc., etc., they always um, suffer a bit more than something that's independently written because people will remember, you know, the feeling they had when they went and watched that film, like Ian was saying about going to watch um, Return of the Jedi. I mean, I can remember that. That was the first film I ever went to with my with my brother, the first time we went to a proper, proper cinema kind of thing. So, you know, I, I always remember that. People remember about, you know, the different, um, I mean, I'm going back to the, uh, you know, the the Hulk series that was on TV with uh, Lou Ferrino as the Hulk. Oh, yeah. in it. That was that yeah. was time of what the Hulk, not what the, um, the Avengers series is now. Yeah. And it, it, it's one of them ones, maybe people are trying to get into these games to maybe try and recapture that 
feeling they had in their youth and sometimes it doesn't quite live up to it if yeah. you know what I mean oh yeah it doesn't line up some games just don't um now you were a 2000 AD reader uh from memory am I making that up I know Ian was um yeah yeah yeah, Red, yeah. Dread. so with Warlord's re redoing of the Dread license recently um does that in your mind um is that something that hit a little closer to home? Um, it, it did, but it didn't have the uh, the gorilla gang in it. Yep, that's that's why that, <laughs> that, that was that was my favourite from the uh, you know the the comic strip was awesome. the you know the gorillas walking yeah. around with the with the Tommy guns and the mm-hmm. uh, and the, you know not Stetson hats. He what's the name fedora? of the uh, the gangster hat? Fedora, yeah, yeah, the fedora yeah. hat, the big striped suit. Up. You know that that was the bit and the. Um, uh, the guys who used to ride around on the uh, surfboards, the sky surfers, oh, and chopper, and stuff like that. that, that those, those yeah. were the the ones that I remember. So those are now, but, um, out, incidentally, but yes, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, I was, of all the words to yeah. come out of your mouth, I was not expecting Gorilla Gang. But yeah, the second <laughs> you said that, was like, ah, oh, yes, I forgot about them. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I mean, because I, 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 yeah, cause, sorry, because I think I remember that I owned. Um, because GW toyed with they did uh, the dread license for quite a while. I, I think somewhere I'm gonna have to dig it out somewhere. I've got some like the original um, uh, Judge Death, the uh, the GW yes. model. So I'm, I'm gonna have to find it somewhere along the line. But I remember them doing the models of the gorillas with the uh, with the Tommy guns, and I just you know just remember it being an, an awesome model. So yeah, man. we have to see if I can find it somewhere along the line. Totally, totally. I think what I was just gonna say there though, I think. I mean, I got it. I mean, it came out the back end of last year, didn't it? The the dread game. It did. I think, yeah, I got it. I got it for Christmas. Um, but I think it's probably, it's personally, I mean, obviously, I don't know figure wise, but it it seems it to be one of the games or a game that possibly has been affected by the whole COVID thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, um, Warlord. I dare say we're going to be. It was you know the new big release. Um, I mean, they seem to be knocking new stuff out like every other week at the minute. Yes. But um, but yeah, it was that it, it's it, nothing stalled. But obviously, like, well, it has stalled a bit, and I just feel like the emphasis is is like kind of like the shine got taken off it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think it was just from us talking about doing this show. I thought to myself, I'll have oh, I've, I've got, but and I'm, I'm the cupboards. I'm just looking at the cupboard there, and I know. Dreads in the boxes there. I mean, I've, I've painted a lot of the figures. I haven't. Yeah. I need to paint the block gang. But the the the. I think it's also for me personally. I think the fact that the rules are very very similar to Strontium Dog, or essentially yeah. the same rules with some sort of twists. Yeah. I've not really picked up the rule book, which is a terrible. I'm terrible for doing. Thinking I know these rules. I don't need to read them. And then mm-hmm. someone goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, this massive twist is totally different in Dreadian, <laughs> and that's why that's yeah. why you've lost." <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Do, do you... Do you think actually there's there's actually um, because there has been a move towards more of these licensed games quite a lot in the last couple of years? Do you reckon they're all maybe fighting against each other a little bit? That, that's... That, that, that as soon as someone yep. takes a drop with the stuff he's putting out, it does turn into that. Uh, I mean, I know you say about it, Brad. That you know that goldfish syndrome where mm-hmm. as soon as something stops for. For ten seconds, your um, attention is taken by something else. Yeah, 
and whether you know unless a company is very aggressive with its um output mm-hmm. that they'll never be able to build attraction in the game as well and if you yeah. you know and if you put that alongside with what i was saying about you know the inability of that maybe release cycle being able to build a fully engrossed and fully supportive community that eventually both of them are just going they can't work together and eventually the, the game will fall by the wayside a little so bit. So if I may, um, I actually have a lot to say about that. Um, I have been doing a lot of thinking back to my time at GW recently um, and I worked in corporate sales. That was my division. Um, and so, um, and I've gone back and looked at, and I, I'm sure there's some people who are going to disagree with me, but I mean, if we look back at classic games, um, games that were big right before Games Workshop, became what it is. Um, If you look at games like Car Wars, you look at games like Battletech. I mean, Car Wars Magazine, which was huge at its time in the 80s. It was like the White Dwarf. It was the game magazine if you played Car Wars. But it was auto-duel quarterly. It came out four times a year. Um, And that was kind of the release cycle. And they they would you know, talk about some new releases that would be happening between issues. And then you would get things from time to time. But it wasn't until, and Games Workshop truly, and this is one of the biggest ways the Games Workshop has influenced the gaming industry. Games Workshop, um, the sales division within Games Workshop, set an edict that there would be weekly releases, that, that we would, as salesmen, would be able to call a store every Monday morning and have some sort of new release in hand to say, here is a reason to order with us. Um, Now, you might say that's awfully nefarious, but Games Workshop has always been about, at least I was hired as part of the sales force um, sort of cleanup to clean up its image, that the idea was to build um, the customer's business. And part of that was to get game stores um, to reorder what they've sold. So if you have a Space Marine Tactical Squad, that was the most, uh, for years and years and years, was the most um, prolifically sold Games Workshop product. It was the box that you always had to have on the shelf. And yet, if you go into three out of five retailers on any given Saturday, they were sold out. Um, and so getting the stores to restock what they've sold, you, you had to have the new releases to, to, to put the sugar on it to get them to actually pull the trigger and then do the order. And then you say, okay, cool. Well, we've got your new releases. You have another $100 before you hit the minimum shipping. Uh, let's talk about what else you might need. What did you sell? Do you have Space Marine Tactical Squads? Do you have the Space Marine Rhino? Do you have Imperial Guard whatever? And you just go through the hit list of the most commonly sold items, and then people are like, oh, no, I don't have that. Oh, no, I sold that. And you go, cool, that, that, that. So it was all about building up the business, um, which is why that's there. But And I know I'm tangenting a little bit, but let me rein it back in. But as a whole, that changed the way that the gaming industry looked at new releases. And we, as consumers, then became trained. And it took decades But now, um, especially with the advent of social media and instant uh, messaging and being able to talk about releases across the globe, you really do have that, you know, a company has to have that momentum 
um, or has to have momentum of some kind to drive it forward. Otherwise, interest naturally, you know, wanes because other companies are giving them that goldfish syndrome. Oh, look, there's a new castle over here. Ooh, and then it's one of the reasons why Games Workshop is so good at um, claiming that, like, if you you hear, if you listen to, like, Warhammer 40,000 or Age of Sigmar podcast, they talk about the hobby. And when they talk about the hobby, it's not the hobby that we talk about. When we're talking about no. hobby, it's collecting toy soldiers, it's painting, it's, you know, playing games, it's having fun with your mates. And that is what they're talking about. But they're talking about Warhammer 40,000, and that's it. And so there, there tends to be this... Um, us versus them mentality of, oh, you don't play Warhammer 40,000. You're not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the hobby. Um, and But that, that release schedule and that constant need for something new and something shiny um, has really changed the way that we look at things. And to, to go back to your question, once you start talking about these um, licensed games... Uh, you know, it really is mining back to what people thought was great earlier on. I mean, um, WizKids put out a series of four Transformer models earlier this year that you could buy. Um, yeah. Yep. Optimus Prime, Starscream, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And once you had those, I mean, they, they, were, they sold like hotcakes. But, you know, once you had them, you don't need them anymore. Um, but they haven't done a second run. They were supposed to, but COVID slowed it down. So what do you do with those? There's no game system. People snatched them up. But then now what? And then their attention's gone to somewhere else. How many of those Transformer models have you seen online? I've seen quite a few because I'm part of like old Sado's retro Facebook pages. Mm -hmm. But uh, me being like the oldest, saddest of the bunch. But, you know, with games like that, with Dread, I mean... COVID slowed down Dread. Treads, you know, has been doing well for Warlord. Um, they really, uh, people are enjoying playing. It is a fun game, but it's also a game that isn't super solo friendly until recently where they put out an entire document for that. Um, Kieran, am I answering your question there? Yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. I, I fully buy into what you're saying, absolutely. You know, it, it just seems that, I, I don't know whether... Whether the companies do look at these type of titles, naturally think that the title is going to be enough to make the game successful, and I don't right. really think it is now. I mean, you know, because you can look back to um, another one that I was going to bring up. I mean, you had um, uh, what's the name of the company? Prodos Games. I mean, they come out a few years ago with their Aliens versus Predator mm -hmm. board game. Now you look at the models you've got for that game, and they are absolutely stunning models. Gorgeous, aren't they? And and you know there is, there was like a massive influx of models that come out quite quickly, but they didn't have the. I, I don't think they saw what the the long game was going to be for it, yeah. and I think I think they might have you know might have shot themselves in the foot a little bit by going too heavy you know what i mean but yeah. it's, it's, it's really balance, those ones. right like you don't want to flood too much but you also want to have enough that people can dig their teeth into um which is why i don't <laughs> i don't work in the gaming industry anymore um because i don't think i have my finger on that pulse um yeah it's interesting 
I mean, I think the flip the other flip side of that is as well is that like obviously the well companies like um, FFG who got the the Marvel license. Oh well, they haven't got the Marvel license, the Star Wars license. But then Atomic Mass Games is kind. I'm, I'm right yeah. in thinking that they kind they're kind of tied under into FFG. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But so and they've got that financial sort of you know wedge to 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 get the big the big licenses. And then yeah, obviously still you know. Warlord is still one of the bigger fish in the pond, but you know they've kind of gone all right. And but the, the fan, I mean, I think it's fantastic going with all the 2008 stuff. But you know, Warlord is a, a, a very sort of like UK orientated. I mean, it's like you know, it's basically like GW 30, 20 years ago, isn't it? So well, it's the same. Staff. But it's like yeah, it's exactly. Exactly. same people. It's, it's just it's just exactly the same people. Yeah, but it's like. And yeah, I think it's absolutely fantastic. But maybe it's that sort of like slight thing of going, oh, we've got, we'll get a 2008 license now. Other than the two dread films that there have been, there's if like to to little Johnny on the street, he knows who Captain America. He knows who. I mean, Noah, my son, who's not three until October, is obsessed with Spider Man and Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might have a little bit something to do with it. <laughs> but if I showed, if I showed him Judge Dread, he'd be like. Oh uh, no, that's rubbish. He's got yeah. his terrible things for Daddy, that's horrible. And if I showed him <laughs> just Daddy, that's horrible. And he goes, yeah. I'm Spider, I'm Spider Man, I'm Spider Man. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know, because this they're that big. Star Wars and Marvel are now massive. You yeah. know what I mean? They're, they're, I mean, obviously Star Wars always has, but Marvel could be argued to be like almost on par with Star Wars. It's getting up oh, there, absolutely. you know what I mean? And so and like other companies kind of going, Oh, well, what I want a bit of that pie, um, we'll yeah. go we'll go, you know, like Mantic. Um, something we haven't touched on, but obviously they've got the the Hellboy and the the Walking Dead, Walking who Dead, yeah. two also two of my favourite comics from from mm-hmm. the you know past twenty years and longer. But yeah, and again, obviously Walking Dead's huge with the TV series. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know if it's a licensing thing, but obviously yeah. I know the 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 it's more the comic book based. I don't know if there's again a is if it is a licensed thing or if they just decided aesthetically the comic book will look better than the T you know T V characters. And obviously Hellboy as I'm a massive Hellboy fan. But again, yeah, there's been the three films, but they never were quite as I don't think they ever were as big as maybe they'd kind of hoped they were ever were going to be. I mean the new the the latest one's a bit disappointing, but um yeah. And I know man they kind of tried to tie in the release of of Hellboy with the, the release of the Hellboy film, but lovely, I mean, amazing figures and they're brilliant. I mean, yeah, Brad, I think I don't know if you've if you haven't played Hellboy, have you? No, I've been sort of not looking intentionally. I'm afraid to buy that. <laughs> I think you would because it's to me every time I play it, it's got solo mode in it as well, which is good. But the game it most reminds me of is Mansions of Madness. Oh, got a very killing me with that. Stop, yeah, stop. Yeah. <laughs> oh my wallet i can hear it burning it's uh, oh it hurts yeah and again one of the one of the thing again i think that's something that you do have again talk, think of another crossover game off the top of my head but there's the fallout game as well isn't there yeah i'm actually talking to chris from uh modifius next week so yeah oh, uh looking forward to that because that's a game that again um production issues i think were was an issue the first when it first dropped we just couldn't get it in australia but then has slowly over time ticked up ticked up ticked up and if you're a fallout fan taking a look at what they have now 
you can play Fallout on the tabletop, and it's awesome. They have everything, yeah. and they've really listened to their community. They um, they now sell card packs separate from the models. They now sell digital versions, so you can, you know, even in COVID era, you can get the new releases, so you can play the game. Uh, and of course, they're they're putting out the Skyrim Elder Scrolls game. So, yeah. um, you know, again. Plus, they've they've came out with a role playing attachment to the miniatures game. So if you want to play it online with your friends, you can do that. Like it's they've been super reactive to their community. They've listened. Um, they've they're just knocking it out of the park. So I'm really keen to talk to him about that process. But um, yeah, I mean, there there is another perfect example of um, a really cool intellectual property that you know was done right. Uh, and has maybe the best artificial intelligence of any for solo play of any tabletop game. So yeah, yeah, that's something I one of those ones I've always. And again, it's a funny one because I mean it's. Um, I mean, obviously we've been talking about like a lot of TV and film stuff, but I mean, obviously computer games, like a computer game crossover. There, I mean, there isn't that many other. I can't. I mean, there must be some. Oh well, no, I'll tell you what there was. And it did die a death, but it's because the company went under was Spartan Games yes. got the Halo license. And mm-hmm. I think, wasn't it like 15 mil or something like that? Something like that. And it yeah. looked brilliant. But then I think, and I, I think it might have been the cost of the license was the thing that did them in. And then obviously the game all died and no one's ever picked it back up again. Yeah. I mean, that would, again, that, that would be a, a brilliant. Um, yeah. But there's other games. There's other games like it, though. If you, if you know yeah. what I mean, it's oh, that absolutely. sort of like, sort of. I mean, essentially, colonial marines versus aliens in a kind of way. I know that um, hasn't been done at all, not at all. Yeah, ever. I mean, what what's the one TT combat I've got? Is it Drop Drop Fleet Commander? Exactly. And drop. Yeah, there's a, they've got like they've got two games based around the same universe, but it's got that very sort of Halo-y kind of vibe, haven't they? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, let's let's look at the flip side of this. Let's talk about. I'm sorry. Before I, I segue here, Kieran, did you want to add anything to that? Or just just one thing yeah. I, I did want to say is that I think a lot of these companies with these games are missing a trick. Now, whether they want to pay me commission for this when they're going out, I think they're aiming at the wrong market. Mm-hmm. I think games, especially to like with Marvel, should be making the game simpler and be aiming at the younger demographic of player. Mm. Because these are these are the kids now that are growing up with the Avengers movies, that are yeah. growing up with this new style of this type of film. And whether they're, you know, just trying to buy into the nostalgia side when they should actually be trying to grab the uh, the new players while they're young, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe maybe they've done that. That might have been a bit of the thought with. I'm not saying that Marvel's Marvel Creative's Supposed Call is a basic game, yeah. but it's very card focused. It's like it's not an overly complex game, and everything's there on the cards. They're all you know. It's there's no there's very little sort of. Again, it's a, the FFG thing of like here's the basic rules, but if you want to know the, the full rules, go on the internet, sort of thing. Um, so yeah, maybe that, true. maybe that, yeah, maybe that was a bit of the thinking, and it is. It's got this, um, yeah. It's it. it the, the, there's elements of it. There's like using like you know the um oh what the the point system called in it like is it focus or something power 
power. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So there's a little bit of management like that, but it's yeah. it's it's yeah. I think yeah. Well, maybe well, have... maybe they should have tied it better because you you guys are talking about the what the cost of the the models is oh, now. Yeah. I I remember yeah. when I was a kid, there was nothing better than on a Saturday morning you'd get your you know your little bit of pocket money mm. and be able to walk in to a model shop or a games workshop and walk out with. You know, back in those days, probably ten to fifteen models. Mm, yeah. Now they, you know what I mean. That I, I yeah. To me, that's to where they house. should be. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I, mean like, I think GW's copped a lot of flack in recent years for making their games "quote unquote" simpler. Um, I mean, that the eighth edition Warhammer Forty Thousand was touted as being what a four-page rule set. Um, of course, very quickly that was not the case and it blew out unbelievably um but they're i mean there's there i think they're trying to fix that with ninth and they just dropped the um the rules for ninth edition for free online and i think it's 24 pages um yeah, and so to I'm have that full set of rules out there that people can just download to play um but the the rules are very they're laid out to be fairly simplistic so kids can play them um unfortunately with gw's boutique price point um that might make you know buy-in for kids walking in tougher um but the the starter boxes have always been competitively priced like games workshops done a very good job for that but i know a lot of veteran players have always been you know uh grumpy about the quote-unquote dumbing down of the rules but i think games workshop has been the 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 leader of that um to to as you say uh, to um to tie in with younger kids who walk into shopping centers see these cool toys and are able to play with them i mean if you think about it we're, we're on we're on the i mean here we go off we're talking about mm, star wars in there star wars and marvel and we still end up talking about Warhammer <laughs> 40,000 mm. but um but yeah on like you know, on the eve of um 40k 9th edition coming out and we we're saying about the whole dumbing down but it probably, and again, it's them, them old, you know, old guys who were there from like, I mean, which we are, you know, I was going to say, you calling old? Version, yeah, <laughs> version, version two. But I mean, I, I was working again, Brad. You would probably been working for GW when version three came out, didn't you? I was. And, yeah, and version and again, I was as well. Version three is my my favorite, and I know I think that it, it it was, but I think so many people who loved that whole the the the. There was a lot more, like, um, you know, the minutiae of sort of version two. And then, you know, if then people are sort of saying it's been getting dumbed down since version yeah. three. Um, but no, I liked, I liked I the dumbing down of version seventh three. went, I think, the other way. <laughs> Sixth and seventh well, were bonkers. Anyway, hold well, on. Let's, like, let's yeah. not go down a 40K rabbit no. hole here. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess one of the things that... Um, this conversation's had me thinking about, and something that you teased earlier, just to segue um, on, is there's a lot of companies who have sort of met the need for, um, you know, that nostalgic itch, or you know, just the what what whim where whimsy takes their players by creating miniature agnostic games. So we have games like Seven uh, TV in particular, where you can literally take any intellectual property and turn it into literally an episode of a television show and play it out, be it spies, be it, you know, fantasy, uh, be it uh, pulp, be it apocalypse. You can take any movie 
any comic, anything, and play it that way. You have Warlords of Erewhon, which is a fantasy battle game that you can use any model there is. Um, you also have games like Kings of War, which have their own miniature line for most of the models, but they specifically and explicitly say, this is a miniature agnostic game. Though we have made models, you can use whatever you want. And because of that, um, and there's other games too, um, the, the creativity of the player becomes part of the draw of those games. And so uh, I've been slowly accumulating Masters of the Universe models in 28 millimeter scale to play um, Warlords of Erewhon or Kings of War or Oathmark or you know all of these games where you can use whatever models you want. Um, and, you know, I never would have, I, I would have, I looked at the um, Quest miniatures on Etsy, um, Masters of the Universe models for years, and never bought them. Because I was like, oh, oh, they're great. I love the way they look. They're really well sculpted. When am I going to ever play with these? Well, now I mm. play games that allow me to do that. Um, and the same thing with my G.I. Joe collection. What led me to these games was I found models to recreate you know my favorite intellectual property growing up gi joe to be able to create that on the tabletop um you know models that would allow me to do that and then i sought rules to allow me to do that and though i started by you know adapting bolt action rules and i do i have written full gi joe and cobra army lists and adapted rules for modern play and while i've done that going down that rabbit hole led me to seven tv led me to Spectre Operations, led me to a bunch of other games where all of a sudden, oh, I can use these models for this, um, Perilous Tales. There's just tons of games that allow you to use your creativity in a way that you just couldn't do before. Um, Kieran, are you excited about that trend? Um, what do you thought? What are your thoughts? Oh, mate, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I've said it countless times on... Uh, the podcast we're meaning talking is I love to be able to collect figures and use them in as a bigger smokers borders games as I possibly can. Amen. That's, that's, you know, because there is, you know, although I tell like, you know, a lot of us do have more, what they call, talk about expendable income than when we had when we were kids there's also a balance is a lot of us have more responsibilities as we got older so it's, sometimes there's not as much money floating around that you can collect a specific line of miniatures for every game that you want to play or the time I mean, to you, paint them right you know, ex exactly exactly i mean you know we're, we're all of the same boat we're um i'm never going to be those people who will just stick models together out the box and put them on the table we Amen. want to paint them we want to have that visual representation on the table because you've said it about it as well that sometimes you know you get it when you're playing the games that you forget about the models on the table really mm -hmm. and you're just crunching the numbers and the lines what well, you mentioned it, the, the matrix descends and yeah, you're exactly. just seeing numbers and lines and angles on the table etc etc you know looking like your man out of um the hangover movie when he's playing yep. uh blackjack towards the end counting mm -hmm. that that's kind of thing so yeah so the ability to have um games that are miniature agnostic is brilliant because you can literally 
you could pick up um, any era fantasy science fiction gaming and you could have a selection of models together but you could play any number of games i mean when you look at it um let's go down say the sci-fi route it's not only um you know you could collect models for playing 40k but you've also games like um star bridge that just come mm-hmm. out that is a completely miniature agnostic games which does do a nod in their army list towards well, we're not going to actually call them the forty k models, but if you read it, read it about, you know exactly that's what we're po- that's what we're pointing you towards. Uh, with the uh, fantasy side, I mean, you've got like you say, you've got warlords, etc., uh, kings of war. Um, you know, I think they've just put out is um, Vanguard, their new one that yeah. Mantic are just putting out, mm-hmm. it's, it's similar kind it's, of thing. So skirmish, skirmish more skirmish, yeah. skirmish version mm-hmm. of kings of war kind of thing. So. There's just so much choice. Um, I mean, one of the, the, the favourite ones that I've just gone into at the moment, although it has been out for a while, is uh, Rangers of Shadow Day. Yeah, great game. Yeah. Which, was the f- which was the follow-up, you know, which was the... It, it's basically the sister to Frostgrave, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the sistership to it. But if you go into that Facebook community and you have a look, there's people who have done skins for that game for... Doing it with Star Wars miniatures, doing it with 40k miniatures, mm-hmm. doing it as a, um, a Call of Cthulhu type skin on it, etc., yeah. etc. Because the, because the systems there. Well, you know, because uh, we were we were talking about it. I think we were talking about it with Straw on the last one. Yeah. And because because I've got that many models for Test of Honor. Oh, it's you, eh? <laughs> and I, yeah, it, it pretty much was. And I've got all the buildings for it. I've got all the scenery for it. Yeah, there's nothing to stop me being able to play that game, and I don't even have to do anything with the game to change it, because the because the actual game system itself is a building block. It's not a specific um, orientated game system. And he says as well, he says, he says these, because he does for each mission, he does like, it's almost like a shopping list. You'll need this, 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 and this for this next mission. Yeah. Um, But then he says, but you can proxy anything you want. You know, it's not, there's no hard and fast rules. Because I I mean, I think, is it, um, isn't the very first mission like zombies in it? And I was thinking, well, yeah, I'm going to use zombies. The, I'll just use skeletons. I mean, they're just, it's just a exact talk in it. And yeah. Exactly. I mean, one of the ones, because it is, um, like a Frostgrave um, sister game is uh, a lot of it is written around um, the stuff that oh what's the name uh, North Star do so you've got mm-hmm. you know those plastic boxes and the knolls and stuff like that but I've got yeah you know a, a dozen or so nineteen eighty five Skaven models in my cupboard that well I don't need to go and buy these no but I can just put them on the table and they work just as well yeah yeah exactly. just, you know what I mean so. It's been, it's been able to be more um, more frugal with your collection and being able mm-hmm. to actually play your collection sometimes, yeah. which I think these yeah. miniature agnostic games give you. I mean, you, you've just mentioned as well in the lead up, you've just mentioned, you know, one um, that actually Ian turned me on to that I did so I could run through as um, a, a live video on the Facebook page, and that's Perilous Tales. Yep. Now, one yeah. of the one of the I can remember coming home on a Friday from school, 
and about eight o'clock, just before bedtime, it was you'd have a Hammer House of Horror film yes. on the telly. You know, Peter Cushing, um, Christopher Lee, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And now I've got a game set of rules that if I wanted to, I could play every game in that Hammer House series if Good. I wanted to. Yeah. And it's it's just wonderful. Even though it's normally when you when you're looking at the rules, it is prop it is probably more skinned at the moment to being um the universal monsters mm-hmm. side of it. But there's nothing to stop you. You can take the game wherever you want. Exactly. If you want to do it if you want to do it in Elizabethan times, you wanna do it um Templar Knights going up against something or you wanna play the X Files, which um, Ash Barker over the Gorilla Miniatures mm-hmm. uh, YouTube does with it, you can do anything you want with that game, and I think that's just, wonderful. And I've it's solo, of, yeah, it's great. Yeah, and I've also just thought of an amazing crossover within a crossover. Neil Gaiman did the Marvel graphic novel six. Is it sixteen twelve? I don't. I don't it's, know. Oh, it's it's nineties one. I was gonna say Neil Gaiman did it, so you know it's it's a bit off the wall, but it's set in. Oh, Brad, you should know this being American. When when did when did Columbus find seventeen seventy six? All right, so oh, I'll tell you what, yeah, it, I see. Yeah, so it's it's Te- um, teacher comes out, teacher comes boom. out. Yeah, <laughs> put me it's, in. I'm ready. It's, yeah. um, it's a um oh it, but it, yeah it's it's like all the Marvel characters but in like let's say Elizabethan times, um and then randomly there's a Native American who's Captain America, mm-hmm. um but he's he's Steve Rogers he's been teleported back in you know Captain Zap back in time and he's nobody nobody's questioning why this is blonde haired. Native American, but that is, I suppose, that's probably a play on the fact that he is Captain America. So he's, yeah. but yeah, that would be that would be a fantastic. You know, we're saying we're talking that's about like yeah. the the model the the modern uh, up to date Marvel stuff, but like medieval Marvel, that would be class. It would, <laughs> man. I'm, I'm talking. I'm looking for this Neil Gaiman book now, but yeah, that's that's a one one to read. It's fantastic. Nice. Well, yeah. I literally, I, suppose. I literally uh, painted my mummy for that game last night. Um, and so now I'm hoping to paint the, uh, the cultists this afternoon. Um, and so I can actually, cause I've got a million pulp heroes, uh, but I actually looking at my villains, I'm a little thin on the ground because I don't have a lot of the monsters painted, but I have, a, a, I own a bunch of werewolves. I own some vampires. Um, but I don't have the, the correct model count to do it. And it's just like, well, you know, I have to paint six models. I can do that. Even I can do that. So yeah. to, to have such a low paint-in buy-in, so to speak, um, plus it, the fact that it is a free beta at the moment, and Mike is keeps improving it as you go, it's great, man. So for those listening, um, this is a game by the author of Gaslands, Perilous Tales. If you go Google search Perilous Tales, um, you can find it. It's through Planet Smasher Games, and it's totally free at the moment. Um, highly recommend checking it out. It's great. So anyway. Yeah, that's yeah, the plug. definitely. Um, I want I, I want to do um, again talking across with something I've been wanting to do, and I'm, but this probably would be a brilliant system to do it on. But you know, the start of well, it's the very first Siege of Destruction, the he- first Hellboy graphic novel, but the start of the first Hellboy. You know, when it's yeah. the American, the Americans, and there's the 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 mm-hmm. um, the 
the the the, the SES guys, the Gestapo guys. Yep. But a lot of the figures that you've got in the Hellboy box, you've got Rasputin. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Hellboy will be too big. That's a point. <laughs> but That's yeah, right. I mean, but yeah, I mean, you'll be able to find like you know Broom. You can make yeah just any old mm-hmm. squad of. You know, you just need a box of Warlord uh, GIs, that new GI box. Well, new, it's been out probably two years now, yeah, hasn't exactly. it? But, uh, the newest. Yeah, yeah. newest, yeah. Or the Perry ones, they're lovely. Sorry, tangents again, tangents. tangents. But I mean, if, yeah. if you look at that, with that mission that you're describing from the beginning of the first Hellboy mission, uh, uh, sorry, movie, that is literally, you could play that as 7TV, you could play that as Perilous Tales. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's what, the, the Pulp game, I cannot believe i'm blanking on the name um uh but there's so many great games that all of a sudden uh like kieran was talking about earlier you have a game system that or you have game systems that allow you to oh cool i can use this mummy in this game or in this game or in this game or in this game and you can play a ton of different games which you know is really cool to see uh and while you have games workshop on the other hand you know trying to change the size of the game board so that you know people have to third people aren't looking at third party mats they're looking at theirs you have other companies mm-hmm. that are embracing that and saying cool come play our game you can use whatever yeah. you want all the models you already have and years and years ago i painted a warriors of chaos army for the last fantasy event i played in warhammer fantasy before it died and all of that um, and I've been sitting on that and until Warlords of Erewhon came out, and I've been playing with it heaps. It's probably the, the army I've played most. And, and I got really excited recently. My um, Patch and Brian from uh, Paint All the Minis slash the old Bolt Action cast had been talking about King's War for years, and the new edition came out, and they were really excited about it. And so I was like, okay, cool, I'll, I'll buy this now. And I finally caught up and read the rules, and I'm, I'm wow, I'm really impressed. The new Kings of War rules um, are fantastic. But then I was looking like, ugh, having recently spent weeks rebasing an army for Age of Sigmar, um, I was like, I really don't want to rebase an entire fantasy army again. That just, it's soul destroying. Um, and then I realized my warrior's army, with if I buy like two adapters that I can plug models into um, to make new movement trays, my army literally works as is this second. I don't have to rebase anything i don't have to paint an additional model and just to go oh that's cool is and just of course amazing and of course you've got the things with kings of war as well when it's it's you you it's the base size itself isn't it? it's the base footprint yeah so there's this so you can have you could like you you could you might have 20 chaos warriors as one squad mm-hmm. but you could technically split into two make two dioramas on two what would be like five by four deep or whatever it is exactly but as long as as long as that footprint's there you don't do you take figures off but yeah it's no, like you don't i know like they, yeah, yeah, I know and that's the other thing me. like i've been wanting to play skaven for a million years but the last couple of times i played them in events you know i almost had nervous breakdowns because you know you're constantly having to take things off you know you, you yeah. lose hundreds of models in the course of the game and then when you're playing old fantasy between rounds when everyone else is having lunch and taking a break you're just feverishly trying to plug all your models back into the movement trays <laughs> kings yeah. of war you don't you only do it once so that's cool yeah. anyway um that's a tangent but um not that we do those here but uh, just to <laughs> have those just to have those miniature agnostic rules to i mean i never thought i'd have i'd recreate my gi joe collection in 156 and yet i'm looking at it and it's painted 
and it's really exciting. And I'm going, yes, um, I just need to start playing <clears throat> with it. But, you know, COVID. Um, but now it's like, well, which game system I get, am I going to play with it? Um, which is, you know, pretty exciting. Yeah, because that was going to be my, so like, you know, the last thing that I was going to bring up mm. is uh, we talked about quite a lot about games that are available at the moment. But yeah. for the final thing, is there a title or is there a specific game that you would love to be able to play, but at the moment can't? Oh, I have I have a list. Um, <laughs> Ian, do you want to go first, or well, or Kieran? Actually, do you want to go first? Do you want to answer your own question and give us time to think it through, or since you've come up with this? Oh, I'll, 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 give, I'll give you a few seconds. I'll give you a few seconds. Yeah. So mine is, and I'm looking across it on my um, game shelf at the moment because I've got a board game for it. But I would love to be able to play a Godzilla miniatures war game yes oh, i would love yeah, to be yeah. able to have mm -hmm. you know the godzilla monsters and even the small six mil um tanks and troops and go and destroy tokyo i think that would be my one of my gaming nirvanas right there that'd be awesome how about this you could do an adaption of uh adapters uh adapters titanicus yes. instead of having giant robots giant monsters instead yeah that might work <laughs> well, well i'll have to say yeah uh, that would I'd be awesome. Say, but, you know, it's, it's, it's always been one of those ones that I thought, you know, I mean, my son, my son sees the the the, uh, the board game on the shelf as well. And, you know, I have dragged it out with him as well. So I'm, I'm sure if I give him the uh, the opportunity to go around and smash buildings up and crush tanks under uh, Godzilla's feet and, and all the rest of it, I'm sure he'd be well up for that. And I could start him on his long and fruitful voyage, get him mm -hmm. while they're young and all the rest of it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, well, sorry, Ian, go ahead because I, I, well, I, I have a few things. Yeah, harking back. Well, it, it, that made us think of something else actually. So I'm going back to sort of the the land of the rising sun, but like a Gundam game. I know there is there yes. is variations. There is somebody has done a Gundam like a like a an indie Gundam game, haven't they? There's been a but couple. Yeah, yeah. one yeah, that uses the some... whole big gunpla kits, and then the other one that is, um, that's using 3D printed versions. Yeah. Yeah, I think the smallest. Yeah, the big the big kits might be too big. Um, actually, I've got I've got a, a Gundam um, that I started painting up. It wasn't one of the spiky sort of wing Gundams, more of a stocky one mm -hmm. that I've started. I started painting up years when uh, Conflict Forty Seven came out, mm -hmm. and it was going to be. It was going to. I was going to use it as a as an American like Walker. Never ever. That's still half painted up in the, up in the loft. I have to come out. Yeah. But the other one I was thinking of, um, and again, it's a computer game, is, I don't know if either of you know the game Destiny. Yeah. Uh, which is, yeah, and I just think that visually it, it's really nice. It's probably very similar looking to, like, um, Infinity, isn't it? But yeah. I just thought there's some nice, and there's nice monsters in that. Mm -hmm. Nice alien races and a couple of different ones, and it's got a bit of, it's kind of got a bit, it's 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 science fiction fantasy, really. There's sort of magic in it in it as well. So I just yeah. thought it would, I always thought it would be nice on the tabletop. And again, in it, and it's this sort of, like, high fantasy science fiction in a way but set in a sort of you know post-apocalyptic yeah world uh, um earth just thought that'd be nice something quite nice to nice to look at nice it'd be nice figures to play you know i wouldn't probably never read the rule book <laughs> who needs rules right um yeah well i i 
so uh, um, my Christmases have been coming true for quite a while. Um, but when I when I started going down the G.I. Joe uh, rabbit hole, I was starting to think, ooh, Transformers would be great. And, um, mm. of course, there isn't a Transformers game, but, of course, um, uh, WizKids has put out that those models, and there is a second wave apparently coming. Um, but there is the indie game Bot War, which, while yeah. not Transformers, um, allows you to play big robot conflicts. Um, but then, of course, that got me excited about another you know two other big titles from my childhood one being mask and one being thundercats and mm. crooked dice did come out with a series of quote-unquote mutant models that were the bad guys from thundercats um and they have teased that coming out very soon we are going to see the good guys from thundercats so those models will exist soon um, what I'm going to play it as, Lord knows, um, but I'm definitely going to pick those up. Um, but then I guess the other one was always Mask. Um, I loved, you know, the vehicles and the little helmets and all that. Um, and again, there aren't technically Mask models, although um, Bot Wars, again, has some models and some rules that can be adapted um, to recreate 80s toy conflicts. So it's a great game for that. And so I'm I'm eyeing up Bot War, something fierce to go like, hmm, giant robots, vehicles with guns on it that can fly around. I can do some Transformers versus Mask kind of mashups here. You know, you can do some converting and come up with something cool. And so very excited about that. Um, but I think those are the big ones. I always wanted to put V on the tabletop. But thanks to Crooked yeah. Dice, a year ago I was able to do that. So a lot of the things, and of course, Masters of the Universe I've talked about ad nauseum, Star Wars, G.I. Joe, everything that I've wanted, um, I, I've gotten. So I'm actually beyond happy with the, the state of the union at the moment as far as miniature gaming goes. Yeah. Um, I, for me, I don't, I don't think there's a lot out there that we don't have that I desperately want. Um, One. One other thing that, again, it's something that you can sort of do stuff through Crooked Dice and 7TV, but it would be kind of nice if there was a sort of official game. would be like some sort of Bond game. Yes. You know what I mean? Like a bit more, a larger a larger skirmish rather than a 7TV when you're sort of like 8 or 10 aside, but maybe, you know, 20 or 30 aside, mm -hmm. you know, you would have Bond in some, you know, yeah, some army or, you know, British mm -hmm. Secret Service guys against, you know, waves and waves of henchmen um hey i'm just thinking the end of um you only live twice where you have you know that's exactly what i'm thinking ninja, of as well. ninja assault yeah. on the inside of the volcano base volcano. yeah or yeah. Uh, yeah. end of goldfinger where you have uh, the battle for fort knox there you go perfect yeah. I'm not sure if I'd be comfortable painting that Sean Connery though. It's uh, it's not that PC that particular version of Sean Connery if I remember correctly though, is it? Yeah. With his um, <laughs> with his uh, very <laughs> we're supposed to plastic surgery turn him into someone Japanese. Well, <laughs> as uh, my favorite, one of my favorite goofs in movie history, of course, is when he starts climbing that mountain. He still has had the quote unquote surgery to look Japanese. Yeah. Um. So he's basically given him a bowl haircut and done something with his eyes. But the second he comes down the other side of that mountain, he's back he's to sure looking fun. exactly like Sean Connery. <laughs> and you're like, Connery, yeah. wait a minute. So in your bag somewhere, you had all the gear to get rid of the plastic surgery <laughs> yeah. and the suction cups on your knees. Okay. Got it. And a second ago you were just in shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. How did that happen? Anyway, 
Um, I think when we start talking movie goofs and Sean Connery in a Hawaiian shirt, it might be time to call this a day. Uh, gentlemen, whole, we've been talking about doing this forever. It has been a pleasure just to sit down and it's been a circuitous route, but I think, uh, I think we have t- kind of stayed on the topic of crossing the streams. And uh, while we're doing that, it should be said that 7TV does do some awesome Ghostbuster models, FYI. Yeah. Had to be said. Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> um, well, Ian, Kieran, thank you so much for coming on. It's it's been a pleasure talking shop with you guys. Um, be it on your cast or mine, I guess it's uh, it's it's a little bit of both. But uh, it's been awesome, man. Cheers, thanks. No, thank you, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, I, I, when we so like you know we knew this was going to be happening. I got. Far too excited for a uh, a man of forty five should actually do, <laughs> but to be quite honest, for you know, for for once in a, in a blue moon, the, the hype has lived up to the delivery, and it's been an absolute blast. Man, it's been awesome. Thank you again. Um, and guys, I think I think we should quickly say that if you are a listener of Cast Dice, please check out um, Odd Sided Dice, and if you're a listener of Odd Sided Dice, please check out Cast Dice. Both can be found on iTunes or your usual podcatcher. Um, if you have not checked out uh, Kieran and Ian's work, I highly recommend it. Um, also, the the new YouTube series that they're doing, um, as far as uh, the kit bashing, Kieran's first episode about making the squat. Well, making squats may not be your favorite thing. Um, the the concept of taking a, a handful of bits and turning it into something new and original is a really cool concept and i'm looking forward to see what he does with the series uh but guys i think uh more than anything else it's probably time to say good night so as our good buddy casey says when you are playing the games that we know and love i hope that your dice roll hot i hope your beverages are cold but more than anything else we at the cast odd dice podcasts Wish that you are having fun. Stay safe out there, guys. Good night. And that track my home.